morning, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Hebrews, the very first chapter. Our Christmas series, uh, we've been calling the miracle on your street, and we're trusting that the miracle of God's presence will make himself abundantly known to you, into your home, and on your street. Last week, we looked at how of the miracles of Christmas, one that we really want to focus on is the miracle of the moment. The miracle of the moment. The scriptures tell us that at just the right time, in the fullness of time, when time was absolutely perfect, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of a virgin, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Love became flesh and dwelt among us. And we, we looked at the incredible timing of that, the timing historically and the timing also redemptively. And we're reminded how God is never late. He is rarely early, but he's never late. And how he shows up in just the right time and in just the right way in our lives today, even as he did with the babe of Bethlehem. Today, we want to look at the miracle of the message. The miracle of the message. And this is, is key. You know, I, we've been taking some of our uh, illustrations from uh, the, the classic Christmas movie, The Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, it's actually got four uh, editions. Uh, the 47 and 94 were made for the theater. Uh, the 55 and the 74, whatever it was, <laughs> it was made for TV. Um, uh, but this one comes from the 94, and it's a very special, special passage. It means an awful lot to me. Chris Kringle uh, is in... Uh, the department store, and he's receiving children to come to sit on his lap and talk to them. And then a very special girl shows up. Watch this clip with me, please. Hello, little one. How are you? Uh, come. Well. Uh, she's deaf. You don't have to talk to her. She just wanted to see you. You are a very beautiful young lady. <laughs> What's your name? Sammy. That's a beautiful name. <laughs> now, I tell you what. Do you know Jingle Bell? Yeah. Oh, bells, jingle, bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride on a one-horse open sleigh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Darling, what would you like for Christmas? A doll and a bear? when you shall have them. Sammy, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Now, did you see the miracle of the message? It was not 
what you want for Christmas. It wasn't even singing jingle bells. The message was put in a language that that child could understand. The miracle of the message of Christmas time is that God speaks to us in a language that we can understand. Our heart language. Our need language. And this is what we find manifested here as Chris Kringle talks to the little girl in the language that she can understand. This is where we come to our passage this morning. Hebrews chapter 1. Follow along in your Bible as I read from mine. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he has made the worlds. We're going to pause right there and pick up the third verse in just a few moments. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, thank you that even in a secular movie about Santa Claus, caught up in the midst of all of the giving of gifts, we see a reminder that you, Lord Jesus, came not just with a message, but to be the message of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You came to be that message among us. This morning, may we praise you and be blessed by the miracle of the message. In the name of the message himself, do we make our prayer. Amen. Here it is. From before the foundation of the world, before time was even created, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit knew that when they created mankind, that we would in our own natural and innate nature want to do what we wanted to do to push away from God and his authority and follow our own way. He knew that the results of that would be separation, that we would be separated from him, not just in the years we're here on the earth, but for all time and for all eternity. And so in the great counsel of God from before time began, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit decided on a way a means by which mankind could be saved, that that chasm could be breached, and that God's love could be manifested in the hearts of those who would receive it. And that plan is what we have and celebrate at Christmas, that God became a man and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The message that God wanted to, to send was that he could be understood, that he was trying to reveal himself, that he was trying to express himself. And this is something that he has done, he's always done, but he did most pointedly, most perfectly, in the giving of the Lord Jesus Christ. The passage we've read today, says, first of all, God speaks through history. That's our first point in the notes if you're taking that. God speaks through history. Throughout human history, God has been seeking to reveal himself to mankind. Reveal his love. Reveal the plan of redemption. 
He has been doing that. He reveals himself in his creation. And oh, I tell you what, some of the sunrises and sunsets we've had here recently are just staggering. But in the beauty of creation, whether it is in the, the, the micro uh, world of looking at the human DNA or the macro world and seeing his work in the universe, in his creation, God has revealed himself. And he uses his creation to reveal himself to mankind. To Moses, he revealed himself in a burning bush. Okay, remember that? To the Israelites, he revealed himself with the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. To um, Elijah, he spoke in a still, small voice. To Isaiah, it was a vision in the temple. To Hosea, he revealed himself through his painful family circumstances. Through uh, Amos, uh, a basket of summertime fruit. Through Jeremiah, he revealed himself to, in a potter forming clay. He revealed himself to Balaam through a donkey. God has always, and at all times, and in many different ways, been revealing himself, revealing his will, revealing his love, and revealing his plan for redemption to mankind. There's no lack of variety. It's not some monotonous drone. It is God with great creativity shouting to mankind, I love you. It breaks my heart that we're separated by your sins. And I've done something about that. In all the different ways, through the prophets and through all of creation, God had spent much of history revealing himself. Then there came 400 silent years. From the prophecy of Malachi, there was no more that God spoke through his prophets. Everything was silent until the last of the prophets came on the scene and began to shout in the wilderness, prepare ye the way for the Lord. It was John the Baptist. The 400 years of silence was to cause mankind to long and, and, and hurt and hunger for God to speak, for God to demonstrate himself. But it was almost as if heaven was in a hush moment because of what was about to happen. Because in a way that was unprecedented, a way that was perplexing, a way that was so absolutely creative and strange that even the angels didn't understand it and wanted to look into the reasoning and rationale behind it. God, the great creator, became one with his creation. God, the creator, became himself the creation. Holy Spirit came upon a virgin whose name was Mary. He told her not be afraid because Holy Spirit was going to, going to hover over her and she was going to become pregnant. Not by the seed of man, but the seed of God. And she would bear a son. And this son was going to be God with us. This son was going to be Jesus. God saving his people from their sins. Here's what I want you to grasp this morning. Jesus did not just come and speak a message. Jesus didn't come and deliver a message from God. Jesus was the message of God. He was not just the messenger. He was the message. He didn't just speak. He was the word. And that leads us to this second point. 
God speaks through Christ. And that's what we have introduced right here. But now, in these last days, God has spoken most perfectly. He has revealed Himself most completely in His Son, Jesus Christ. God become a man to dwell among us. Not just to give us God's message, but to embody God's message. Not just the messenger. He was the message. He didn't simply share the words of God. He was the Word of God. The Apostle John writes as he opens his Gospel, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was God in the flesh. I, I want you to understand this, because Jesus is God, but he's also the best picture we'll ever get of God. One day, one of the disciples named Philip, he, he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, show us the Father and it will suffice us. Show us the Father and it will satisfy us. Show us the Father and we will we'll understand who he is. And Jesus' response to him was this, Philip, has I been this long with you and you have not known if you have seen me, Jesus said, you have seen the Father. And in John, I think it's 14, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. One and the same. If you want to know what God is like, if you want to know who God is, we gaze into the face of Jesus. He didn't just come and speak. He came and was the message of God. But listen, it wasn't just to whisper something in our ear that he wanted us to know. It wasn't that kind of message. You know, there's some messages we receive that absolutely change the course of our lives. Maybe you've had one of those. Maybe that message came from the doctor, and it was cancer. Maybe it was from your boss that says, your services are not required here anymore. Maybe it was from that spouse. I don't love you anymore. I'm in love with somebody else. There are messages, sometimes harsh messages, messages that utterly change the course of our lives. Though not harsh and not painful, that's the message of Christ. A message to transform your lives. A message to bring change, eternal change, into your heart. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And, has, and not imputing their sins against them. And he's committed unto us the ministry of reconciliation. The miracle of the message that wants to come to your street is God wants to so come into your heart and life to utterly transform and change everything about you. Such a change that Paul would refer to it as a new creation. That we are new creations in Jesus Christ. Jesus himself would use the phrase, it's like being born 
again. Boy, that's the Christmas message some of us need. Some of us have been so whipped up by life. Some of us have received so many of those very difficult and painful messages. We need a message that can change things. We need a message that can change us. That can enable us to go through the things that we're called on that we have to go through. And that message is not just something written on paper. The message is a person. And it's a person relationship with Jesus Christ. Because of that great gap that we have created by our sins between us and God. In the cross, he has, he has bridged that gap. And he has bestowed upon us the absolute perfect revelation of God's love and God's grace. Why would he do that? Because from before the foundation of the world, he has loved us. The amazing thing about all the different ways God tried to reveal himself, especially in the Old Testament, is that mankind didn't get it. Didn't get it. We were too busy. We were too involved making a living. We were too involved raising the kids. We were too involved with all the political spectrum of things going on around us. And as you go all the way through the Old Testament and even into the New, the majority of man did not get the message. Even when God became absolutely clear in His Son, Jesus Christ, many people didn't get the message. It was not that they did not have it. It's they did not receive it. You know, people have always had difficulty with Christmas. Not because of Santa Claus and presents. But they've had difficulty with Christmas because it demands us to acknowledge that the Bible says God became a man, dwelt among us so we could all behold him, died on the cross to take our sins upon himself, and rose again that we might have eternal life with him. That is a fishbone in the throat of a lot of people. They want a God that they can manipulate. They want a God that they can rub the genie and let him come out of the lamp and he do the things they want him to do. But God has already done the unfathomable. God has already done the inconceivable. God has already demonstrated his love towards us. And that while we were still rebelling against him, he died to take our sins upon himself. Some people find it utterly nonsense. You today here in our sanctuary, you today watching from home, it may be nonsensical to you as well. I'm asking Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you. Back in 2004, one of Paul Harvey's last broadcasts on ABC Radio on Christmas Eve, he shared this story. Maybe you can find in it the illustration and illumination and the desire to believe. The man who I'm going to introduce you to is not a Scrooge. He's a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family and neighbors, upright in his dealing with all men, but he just didn't believe in the incarnation. He didn't believe 
that God became a man. He didn't really believe what churches were proclaiming at Christmas time. It didn't make sense. And he felt it was dishonest for him to, pre to pretend that it did. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth in the baby. He told his wife, I don't mean to distress you, but I'm not going with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel too much like a hypocrite. That he'd rather just stay home, but he'd wait up for them. And so there he stayed, sitting before his fire and awaiting the time his wife and family would come home. But not long after they drove away, snow began to fall. Not just a little snow, but a heavy, heavy blanket of snow. A snow that you couldn't see any more than a few yards in front of you. As he sat by the fire, warm, he began to hear some sounds. It's like he thought some kids were outside throwing snowballs at his plate glass window. So he went to the window to look up, and he found there huddled on the ground a flock of birds. Caught by surprise by the snowstorm, they were trying to come inside where it was obviously warm and flying into the plate glass window. Some of them were wandering around on their, on their feet nearly unconscious. His heart went out to these birds. He couldn't let the poor creatures just lie there and freeze. And so he put on his coat and his galoshes and decided, I'll go out and open the doors to the barn. Turn on the light and they'll go in there. There's no glass over that. They can go in the barn and they, there they can be safe. He went out and opened the barn door. But the birds continued to try to flutter and get through the, thing, the, uh, the plate glass window. So he figured, let me leave a trail of crumbs. Maybe I can leave a trail of corn and they can follow the trail and go in to the barn. But they didn't do that. They continued just to flap helplessly in the snow and try to get inside his house. So he tried catching them, but that just scared them all the more. He tried running and shooing them, but he said, I... I began to realize that to them, I was this big monster that would only do them harm. He plopped down in the snow, frustrated. And he said, how can I communicate to them that the desire of my heart is to help them, to save them? He thought, if I could only become a bird myself, I could speak their language. I could tell them that I'm not here to hurt them. I could tell them I'm here really to save them. If I could just become a bird myself. At that moment, he heard the bells tolling in the church some distance away. And just like that, he realized the message. The miracle of the message that God, out of His love and concern for each and every one of us, did what He couldn't do. He became one of His creation. He became a man that He could clearly communicate. God's desire is His love and our salvation. And there on His knees, with the birds gathered around Him, He gave His heart to Christ. And the miracle of the message came home
to Him. God is doing anything and everything imaginable to get your attention and to let you know how much He loves you. The greatest effort He's ever made is the miracle of the message to become one of us. To where in words we could understand and in actions that make no room for error, He could show us the love of God and His desire for us to be saved. Have you ever given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? This series, we're calling it The Miracle on Your Street. For the miracle of the message to come home to your street, it has to first come to home in your heart. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to pray with me in just a moment. I'm going to give you just a model prayer. You say it out loud or say it in the depths of your heart. But you cry out to God even as I did, even as many in this room have done. He's made Himself very real. And the tugging at your heart right now is Holy Spirit saying, this is the time. This is the place. Pray with me. Father God, I ask you to so send Holy Spirit among us that the simple message of Christmas will come home. That it's not about presents and tinsel. It's not about a jolly old elf. It's about the time that you invaded your own creation. That you, God himself, became a man. That we might know the message of salvation. Holy Spirit, those right here in this room, and those that are watching at home, right now, will you encourage them to pray along with me and receive you into their lives? To just say, dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I dare to believe that when you came, it was to give me your love. When you died, it was to take my sins upon yourself. And when you rose, it was so that I might have your life. I confess my sins to you. Come into my heart and cleanse me. Forgive me. I want you to be the boss, the king, the ruler of my life. I dare to receive the message of Christmas so that the miracle might come home in my heart. Father, I know in the authority of your word that anyone and everyone who's made that prayer their own has taken the first step into eternity. They've been born again. They're a brand new creature right now. And we want to celebrate with them. We know, Lord, angels are singing in heaven and celebrating. We want to celebrate here on earth. And so anyone here in the sanctuary that's made that decision, Lord, we want to celebrate with them. And in a few moments, as Ed leads us in a song, it'll be an invitation for them to come and allow us to just celebrate with the decision they've made. I pray, Lord, she'll encourage them to come. Just sit on our front row. We'll use our mask and we'll do our distancing or whatever. But we just want to celebrate with them the decision they've made. To encourage them with scripture and your love.
and set them out on a very good start. Lord, those who are at home and that pray that prayer, Holy Spirit, will you encourage them to contact us, to call us, to email us, to text us, and allow us the privilege of rejoicing with them as well? This is decision time. So at home, people are going to pick up their phone or their computer, and they're going to be calling or they're going to be texting us. But right here, Lord, I pray that you'll encourage anyone that's made this decision to step from their pew as we sing and come and sit on this front row. Allow Tony or me to come by and just share with them and rejoice with them with the decision, the life-changing, transforming decision that they've made today. Let it be so, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.